What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Amityville, New York is home to one of the most notorious and infamous houses in the world, the Amityville Horror House, home to a multiple murder that seemingly led to a haunting of such magnitude that it took the world by storm. Was it real? Was it a hoax? That sounds like something worth talking about. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Scary Stories We Tell. I'm your host, Chris Tashew, and that voice that you heard in the intro was not mine for once. That was my good friend, creator of Dark Destinations, man about town, the originator of the green hair craze of 1984, Father Malone. Uh, good evening. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome me to the Amityville Horror. The green hair craze of 84. One man I, is to blame. I started it. <laughs> I, start, I started it. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, Father Malone... Um, you were on an episode last year where we talked about a previous employment opportunity that you had at mm. a uh, local um, celebrity haunted attraction. Local celebrities haunted attraction. Uh, that episode was a campfire story. You can go check it out uh, from last year. However, on this episode of Scary Stories We Tell, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the thing that you mentioned in the intro, the Amityville Horror House, located in lovely Amityville, New York. Wouldn't you love to live in a town where the only thing they're known for is this? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I live next door to the Amityville Horror House. Okay. Yeah, man, that's something. Oh, I couldn't, uh, my, my, uh, the city I grew up in had the first public beach in the United States. I'll take Amityville. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about the Amityville Horror. Yes, there are several movies and books based off of the case of the Lutz family. The Lutz family being the family that was supposedly haunted by a demon? Maybe. 
Who knows? We'll find out. So, Father Malone, I want to ask you, let's just get this out of the way. I had asked you um, a couple months ago, I was like, hey, what do you want to talk about? Because I would love to have you back on. What do you want to talk about? And you said... Amityville Moth- Horror. You said Mothman Erotica, and I said, we've already talked about that. That's true. Okay, you're right. <laughs> I forgot that was my first choice. You're right. No, you did say Amityville Horror. So why Amityville Horror? I just think it's um, it's part of... Uh, uh, very selfishly, let's say I chose this uh, because there was a time when I was growing up where it seemed like that not only were these things possible, but probable, like the Amityville Horror or the Bermuda Triangle or uh, any number of things. And I will say uh, in this particular case, now uh, that book came out in 76. I was three at the time, so I was completely oblivious to the release of the book. However, when the movie came out in 79, uh, I was six, so I was definitely aware of it. And I think that was I was young enough um, to believe it was all true. Sure. And uh, and, you know, I again, I was six years old, so I didn't see the movie. Um, I, I was not privy to that R rated uh, uh, viewing experience with my parents. But um I did see, and I continued to go to this show for all of my paranormal information. There's a show in the late 1970s called In Search Of, hosted by Mr. Leonard Nimoy. And they did an episode about the Amityville Horror to coincide with the release of the movie. And um, I watched it again for this. Uh, That episode haunted me as a child uh, with their... uh, what looked like dime store reenactments today, like to me were the ab- absolute positive proof that, uh, that demons were afoot. captured on film. Yeah. There was a, in particular, there was a shot of um, like a, a child's room with the lights switched off and they had been close up on a doll before the lights went off. And then in the, in the blackness, these two red eyes start glowing. And uh, that to me, uh, uh, is an image that has stuck with me all these years. So if someone says, what do you want to talk about in a paranormal way? Like if they haven't already talked about it, like you in this case, let's, let's talk Amityville. Yeah. And I, I have never talked about it um, on the record with anyone. And I will tell you, I have a similar kind of entry point into the Amityville story. I was like, Ooh, somewhere in the ballpark of eight to 12 when I remember hearing about it. And I was at the library and got like, books about it and read the book as like a like I said eight to twelve year old I, I cannot remember exactly uh yeah uh at the time I thought it was real too I mean look I you know that's I, I think that's kind of the problem here right out of the gate is how do we talk about this without addressing the fact immediately that that it's probably all fake and it's all yeah it yeah it seems it seems like a lot of people made a lot of money certainly does. It seems Jay Anson, the author of that book, is still trying to make money by suing anyone else who, you know, dares to try and uh, horn in on that Amityville uh, cash cow. Namely, I guess, did he go after the people who made The Conjuring 2? Yeah. Oh, he did. Okay. Oh, yes. Cool. That's what I figured. Um, yeah, that's kind of the other thing about this that this is interesting is everybody wants another Conjuring movie where they go to the Amityville house they literally can't do that. No, and uh, good, don't. That last it's like Friday the Thirteenth garbage anyway. It's like Friday the Thirteenth. Vic Miller doesn't want anyone touching his baby. Jay Anson doesn't want anyone touching his yeah. baby. Yeah, right. No, and I and I get that. Yeah, and, and you know what? I uh, let, let's talk about that just for one second. 
<laughs> to get completely off topic, but Victor Miller, you know, good for him. He got the rights to uh, to Friday the 13th back. Um, he can't use the Jason character. So that's a problem yeah. for, his, for his future new franchises with that uh, particular series. But good for him. You know what? You know what they say? Name the killer in Friday the 13th. Jason. Uh, it was Jason. I saw that movie 20 times. Eh, wrong answer. So yeah. have fun. They'll just call it something else and put Jason in it. Well, I mean, they do mention the child, so they can technically get away with it. But, you know, maybe That's no right. hockey mask for him. Yeah, but not but surprising, Amityville. Not, not surprising that Jay Ensign went after The Conjuring because in the second Conjuring movie, they open with Amityville. Yeah. Not sure why. Um, having recently rewatched that film, I can't figure out for the life of me why. I guess just because it's. The I, this is the it's, most it, well known haunted house is. in America, probably Absolutely. in the world, right? I'm assuming so. Um, uh, you know, who knows what the the biggest haunted house is in Finland, but uh, <laughs> right. but I guarantee you, they've all seen the movie. Like uh, we're very good at shipping our culture out, um, or at least in, have heard of it. Yeah, um, and that house is simply iconic. Those uh, those eyelet windows uh, at the top, which you know they they remodeled on the real one. Um, whoever purchased the house, like removed those. So people would stop coming up and taking pictures of their house, I guess. Seems counterintuitive to me, but okay. Yeah, man. Like you bought that house for any other reason than it was the Amityville house to begin with. Come on. You know what I would do, which is like what most of these people who own these famous houses do just like Airbnb that shit. Yeah, man. And That's fucking the- trick it out. So it spooks people in the night. <laughs> well, well I, I mean, anyway. I mean, I, you know, that does play into, the next part of this discussion, the, the the meat of this discussion, which is what was Amityville? So Amityville is it's a two it's a two part story. Yeah, it's it's a it's a multi murder perpetrated by one Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr. Is that his nickname <laughs> known by Butch? Uh, yeah. So he was known as Butch and he killed his family. Maybe. It was a demonic influence, right? <laughs> so that's okay. what he says. That's what he says. Yeah. But I don't know if you came across some of the research that I came across that maybe he wasn't the only one murdering his family. <laughs> what? There were multiple murderers? You didn't hear about this? No, man. I told you my the sum total of my research is watching In Search of from 1979. <laughs> you I swear to God. (laughs) So his oldest sister, Dawn, is the one who was mutilated the most. And there is a theory that it was him and her together committing the murders. And he killed her. Well, actually, the theory is she killed all of them and then he killed her out of rage. But, I mean, oops. Yeah, that's... uh, Is there evidence to support this i mean i hope so because it's a much more interesting story so there's a documentary on youtube called the real amityville horror that came out when the ryan reynolds amityville movie came out let's talk about that at some point yeah that film was in 2005 so it's you know it's 16 year old documentary but they talk about how there are some facts about the case that are strange. Well, that's the other thing. Supposedly, again, all, all allegedly, 
The, this entire episode is allegedly. <laughs> did the DeFeo parents were serial abusers? At least the father was. Really? And oh, right. That, that was that. Uh, that I know. The, I saw the My Amityville documentary, where the uh, the youngest DeFeo child, not DeFeo, the youngest um, Lutz family. Oh no, we're talking about the DeFeos right now. I'm sorry. Right. I'm a little, you know. <laughs> the Lutzes are, the, you know. I'm all turned around. They have their demons running all through me. (laughs) They have their own special uh, story that they tell. Right. That's the, yeah, the claim is that the Ronald DeFeo Sr. who Butch is named after would beat, beat his son. So. It was the style at the time. (laughs) As, as what, yeah, as, as they do, uh, I guess. But the. The story as it goes is the evening of November 13, 1974, Ronald DeFeo Jr. killed six family members in his house, point blank range, and just shot them and killed them. Now, let me ask how old the youngest sister was, who was now supposedly a suspect in the murder of the family. It wasn't the youngest. It was the oldest. She's 18. Oh, she was 18. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking it was a little girl. No, it was an 18-year-old girl. So that's why, that's the thing. Like, there's people that are, you know, I mean, look, if there's some circumstantial evidence, maybe there was something to it. I don't you think at this point, DeFeo, I mean, did he, he's dead now, right? He passed, he, away this, he passed away earlier this year. Yeah, okay. So in the, you know, 40-some-odd years that he was incarcerated, um, he would have probably given that up, right? I think so. I mean, I mean, that's that's the other thing is just like, hey guys, I want to go have some chicken McNuggets. Look, can I just let you know that it was actually my sister? Like, right. Well, and the other thing about this entire story is, like you've mentioned, with the demons running through you, is Ronald DeFeo Jr. I, I guess he claims he's possessed by demons, but the way the story was told in this documentary that I watched is that the judge said he looked like he was possessed by demons. That's an interesting take for a representative of the uh, United States government to take on a what is what seems to me to be a cut and dry murder case right. with possible mental health issues backing that up. I agree with you. I think that's what it is, right? 100%. I mean, was this like a traffic court judge? They've just been promoted to the big time and could not believe the inhumanity <laughs> to a man and was just staggered by it. While get, Vietnam is raging, <laughs> are people out of their fucking minds? Like uh, the the other thing is, people were saying that they got Charles Manson vibes from Butch DeFeo. Ugh, everyone gets Charles Manson vibes after the fact, right? Right. Like, oh, yeah. I, I always knew something was wrong with that guy. No, you didn't. Yeah. So I I don't know where you come down on Butch DeFeo. I would think seemingly from what you've said already. You and I would agree Butch DeFeo is the murderer who killed his family and he was sentenced to six life sentences for it. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I don't I'm not sure about this new sister theory. Uh, I think it was definitely him. Whether or not he was possessed of demons, however. Well, what what's what's your take on what's your take on that? You know what? <laughs> yeah. What's your take uh, on a man being possessed by demons and murdering his family because I kind I kind of don't believe it. Um I think he, you know, I think he I think he probably had some issues uh in the brain pan and one day decided that, you know, everyone needs to go. Um is that worse? I, that's what I never understand here. Is is it more horrifying to believe someone could just murder their family 
Or is it more horrifying to believe that a demon made them do it? Because I think it's more horrifying that a person could just murder their family out, yeah. of, out of nowhere. Yes, that is why we're all so willing to suspend our disbelief and buy wholeheartedly into the demon excuse because right. that is, uh, uh, people can deal with that kind of thing. Like it wasn't him. It was this other evil force. Like, you know, everyone likes to put their eggs in the de in the devil basket, you know, when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to a, like a, a horrible event, yeah. you know, like it's so much better, like comforting in a way uh, to think you were out of control uh, when it happened. And, and to be fair, I, I think he was out of control. I just don't think there was any spiritual or supernatural influence on it. I think, whatever chemistry was going on inside his skull was faulty and away we go. I mean, hasn't he, I, I, look, I haven't read any recent sort of evaluations of him, but certainly in the past 40 years, he's been continued to be evaluated. Right. I mean, have they figured out like one would think they would have written a paper or something saying, here's what was wrong with the guy. Again, uh, again, the, the 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 sister thing is a new thing in and of itself. I'm not sure how much credence anyone gave to Ronald DeFeo after the Amityville thing got not debunked, but you know, the Lutzes did more damage to Ronald DeFeo than they did to anyone else, right? Well, they kept him out of the electric chair, so Maybe I think he wanted that, to be in the electric chair. I don't know, though. I no, because you wouldn't have coped. The I was possessed of a demon defense. That's fair. You know, you probably would have said reason of insanity, right? Like the 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 demon defense is a much sexier defense. Like you know, you're going to get a lot more interest and uh, um, credence, weirdly, in the public's eyes uh, with that. Over, uh, I was just a little, you know, just a little while. I was just kind of like, woo, and now I'm okay. Like no one buys that. I think he. I think the sister thing is a concoction of, like you've said, someone who was looking for any reason to excuse themselves for what they did. Yeah. Or, um, you know, it, cause it sounds like a more recent idea and it's, you know, everyone who goes to reinvestigate something that in this case has been poured over, like you want to find the new thing, right? You, you need the new a new angle. angle. <clears throat> and this, that it sounds great. I, I love this idea uh, because, you know, murder mysteries are better when there are multiple people and you don't know the, obvious answer but that's that's that sounds like bunk to me that sounds less likely to me than the lutz family being um uh attacked by demonic forces within their own home oh okay yeah wow i, I i'm more willing to believe that than the fact that the sister did it sure i i'm with you i again i i uh, reading the stuff that i've read about butch defeo he changed his story a lot which is yeah you know, how do, I mean, what is that a signal of? Oh, I don't know. Someone who's full of shit. Um, or, or, or they're crazy and have been ever, ever since the beginning. Right. And, you know, the one night they decided to lose the lose it completely. They did the one worst possible thing you could imagine. Murder your entire family. So, yeah. Um, Man, what the fuck? I mean, not good. <laughs> yes, that is the understatement of the century. Not good. Uh, so. So let's let's move away from Ronald DeFeo because uh, I don't think he deserves any more attention. But let's talk a little bit about our friends. Yes, the Lutz family. Ah, uh, yes. So 
The Lutz family move into the Amityville house December 18th, 1975. The DeMeos, or the DeMeos, the DeMeo crime family. The DeFeo family furniture is still in the house. They buy the house with furniture in it. Yeah, well, fully furnished. Yeah. And, and it's a steal. 400 bucks. That's how really? Much that's how much the furniture was. $400 for all the stuff. Wow. That's yeah. a bargain, man. Yeah. Even in 1975 prices. Yeah. The house was always bought for 80,000 bucks. Can you believe that? And what, what uh, yeah, I've always, everyone has said it was a steal, right? And they right. were like, bargain yeah, and price. Then, of course. Like, what would it have been? Had there not been a multiple murder, I, in, I don't know, like one hundred twenty thousand, like, something like that. Like, a, I, I, yeah, what, I guess what, so. Does a murder cut the value of the property in 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 third? Does it? Is it thirty three percent less? I don't, I don't know. I, I would think half, right? I mean, maybe, yeah, like thirty percent. That sounds about right, right, right? Well, that's the thing. They they were told. They were. They knew. Yeah. And they're just like, I, I don't care. At cheap house. People die in houses all the time. Yeah, people die in hotels all the time. We need to get this house. Yeah, this $80,000 bargain house. Can they afford $80,000? The answer may surprise you. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. So that seems to be the thing about this entire story that drives the lie, is that they can't afford the house. Which you kind of see in the first Conjuring movie. It's, you know, I don't think they portrayed it very well in the latest remake of it, but it's certainly an issue in the book and um, and the, the film. The uh, uh, Stephen King, if you uh, read his book, Dance Macabre, which is his nonfiction book from like 1982, probably. Um, he describes his, the only scene that worked for him in the, Amity, the original Amityville movie. And that's when... Um, uh, there's a caterer that needs to be paid. They're having a little event and uh, the, the, like, I think it's a wedding or something. And uh, James Brolin knows he had the money in cash and he can't find it anywhere. And then afterwards he looks under a couch and he just sees the little uh, paper band that was holding the money together, just sitting there like taunting him. And like to Stephen King, he said like, that was the, the truest moment in the movie. Cause that was something we can all relate to. And was probably the thrust of the entire affair. Like these people got in over their heads, could not afford a thing. And, uh, and yeah, as you said, they already knew that this murder had happened. I'm sure it was already publicized that he was claiming demonic possession for, uh, for his defense. So let's concoct a story. I will give them credit. The story they concocted is a hell of a story. It's a good story. But that's the thing. It, it it almost had to be a good story for anyone to care. Right. So uh, they're, they immediately involved a, a fucking published author. So maybe maybe the better parts of the story came from the fictional <laughs> caretaker. Well, and the other th- the other thing is the the person that they would work with early on would actually be Ronald DeFeo Jr.'s butch. His lawyer, his defense lawyer. Now, I probably knew, I probably knew that at some point, but um, I'm shocked now. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's the thing, Chris. I really want this story to be true. <laughs> I do, too. That's the sad. The sad thing is this story is so good. 
Yeah. But it is too good to be true. Yes. I, you know, it is sort of like weirdly random, though. You know, it's like they didn't go the full uh, house on Haunted Hill, kind of, you know, beginning, middle and end to their story, which they I, I, I'm sure if somebody said the only way to you for you to get out from under financially is to uh, is to tell people that there was a haunting in your house, I would probably have a have, have a third act structure going on. <laughs> well, that's isn't With that payoffs. That's- but that's the thing about the story that works is because there is no payoff. It feels more plausible. Mm-hmm. There is no big, you know, there is there's no, no poltergeist fight. moment. Right. There's no fight with the nun while hanging out of a window. Like, right. The, the, the backyard pool is not exploding with the corpses of the people who had been buried there with it, without your prior knowledge. Right. Um, Cause that's a fantastic ending, but you told uh, me we weren't on top of a cemetery. Wait, you did. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. God. Uh, <laughs> well, it, well, you know what I think is actually stranger to me than anything else? That this is the one that takes off and nothing else does. Takes off in one way. Takes off in a big way. Oh, you mean like everyone in the world is suddenly obsessed with this story, buying wholeheartedly into everything. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say, I think part of that might be... And he was interviewed in the In Search of episode that I'm going to keep mentioning. Uh, the priest. There was a priest involved. Sure. Father Cuso. Who went right along with their tale with, I went to the house and I was attacked by swarm of, swarms of flies. And afterwards, I, there were these sores that appeared in my hands. And I heard a voice telling me to get out. Like, that gave that particular tale so much credence, um, I think, for most Americans at the time where we weren't as jaundiced viewing of our uh, clergy at the time. Like if a priest is saying it, well, then it must be true, right? So I want to bring up something that I hadn't thought about and I planted a seed for it and we can bring it up now because it is the most recent, closest, closest example of the Amityville story. And you know what I'm going to say. This is Demon House. Oh, yeah. It totally is. Yeah. It totally, it, it is, it, it, if there has been anything that has been close to that in the last 15, 20 years, it's Demon House. That's true. Which is, and and, and think about the, like, think about the, <laughs> the, the, God. God, the examples of the, like, the two things in both sides of it are very obvious. Yeah. Priests going along with it, a family in financial trouble, someone looking to capitalize on the story. Yeah, you never hear about anyone fleeing a mansion, do you? No, it's always like a ramshackle shit shack. Yeah. Or like just or just a house. Right. Like, cause the Amityville house is just a house. This Best Buy is haunted. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody out. The haunted Starbucks. Baristas of the dead. I mean, that's not that's not interesting or exciting. Hauntings take place in those scenes in movies because the character is being haunted, not the place itself is haunted. Yeah. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. And that, and I'm what, what I'm surprised by is in the Demon House story... It's the people being haunted. In yes. the Amityville story, it's the house being haunted. It's the house, right? Because the Lutzes said as soon as they uh, fled, the they were no longer affected. So it wasn't convenience uh, of convenience. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, look at the the house itself is the problem. <laughs> I mean, those boundaries. It just they've got that red room walls. downstairs that no one had mentioned to us previously. I think that might be a portal to hell. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> They did. They said that. I know. I know. Have you seen that red room? It's scary. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I just can't. I guess seventy-seven was a simpler time. Yes. See, and that's ultimately, what it is, right? When I that's what I said at the top. Like uh, this is sort of a like a selfish kind of a, a pick of a thing because it does seem to me, and this gets sort of talked about in like movies over and over again like people, people say like well why'd you sit your movie in the 1930s it was like that was the last time that magic existed like we hadn't we hadn't split the atom yet like there was still the possibility well to me in 77 i think there was still that possibility we didn't have as advanced techniques for sussing out bullshit uh when it came to paranormal things like like that as i said like watching that episode of in search of back then when i was six like there there was no way to disprove everything they said. Uh, right. It was all factual. And the, you know, now 40 years on, they can pick apart every single uh, element of it and uh, figure out exactly what was being said. Uh, but it does feel like to me anyway, that was the sort of last gasp of it. I think it probably, it probably leached a bit into the 1980s, but it does seem like once technology sort of picked up and sort of, uh, you know, expanding geometrically, um, it became so much easier to prove like the slightest of things. Well, and it's funny to contrast it against Demon House. The, the, the lengths that they have to go to in Demon House to try and prove it are, are, are beyond. Yeah. They are, they are farce. They are, they are farcical. It almost satirical. Even I could even say, but like in Amityville, they don't have to do that much because it's a book like they're, you know, right. It's, 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 it's a quaint, it's kind of quaint in a way. Like it is a book comes out and people read it. A movie comes out and people see it, but like, and that's other than like, you know, a few other potentially 
though not thoroughly um, uh, uh, documented sort of uh, uh, texts come out about the about the Amityville ha- haunting. But like if you wanted to find out the like what a paranormal investigator uh, thought of it, you would have to f- seek out a paranormal investigator right now. I, you know, throw a rock and you'll hit a team of paranormal investigators. Like not, not, not the ones on television. I'm just talking about in everyday life. Like, yeah, I know I, one. I was going to say everyone within the sound of my voice knows somebody who is constantly investigating the paranormal. You like, know, you even, know a couple people, I'm sure. Right? I know way too many. The, <laughs> Oh. <laughs> all y'all floated at the bottom of the fucking ocean together. I know all of you well, way too well, <laughs> way too well at this point. Um, but you know, even a casual uh, viewer, a reader uh, these days now knows uh, an infinite uh, uh, amount more than anyone, even like you know, uh, well-read humans back in the in the nineteen seventies, like. It, it, you know, the the questions that need to be answered now are much stricter, I guess, you know, and right. and everyone has them and everyone can ask them like, and if you can't satisfy these basic things, then go jump in the lake, you know. I think it's interesting that the 2005 film goes after the Ketchum thing. Jesus Christ. Right. Man. It's just like, OK, so now now the people making the movies are trying to make like make things up on their own. Yeah, that really felt like that. Um and, well, you know, look, the, the problem with the Amityville remake is that it was made by Platinum Dunes and, you know, Michael Bay and his cohorts only know how to make action movies. They don't know how to make suspense films. And um, I'm not saying that you shouldn't fictionalize this story. I, I, I'm sure if somebody said to me, we want you to remake the Amityville horror, I would go off on Flights of Fancy as well. But it wouldn't be just the sort of rote bullshit that we keep getting from people like this who have no business in the horror genre. Um, but like everything was a misstep in, in that movie. Suddenly everyone's super hot, you know, like right down to the babysitter. If you watch the original Amityville horror, the James Brolin, Margot Kidder one, like the, to me, the most realistic scene in the movie is when the babysitter gets locked in the closet uh, and she's horrified. And she looks like such a regular human girl that you would see on your block and her terror like registers and uh resonates uh, a lot more uh when that happens to her so of course when they remake it it's michael bay at the helm it's like the hottest girl ever with a halter top and fucking you know the belly and everything and like and you don't care at all because they're just like ogling uh her uh what were we talking about oh the remake <laughs> I, I look i think you know i, I think it's funny i don't know if do you know how many movies there are based on Amityville? There are more than there should be, given the amount of actual information there is to base your story on. Four came out last year. Four. That's because everyone with a video camera now is an auteur, so they can... Uh, they can the and, Amityville and Harvest, the, and Amityville Poltergeist, Witches of Amityville Academy, and Amityville Island, and this year, Amityville Vampire came out. Well, okay, uh, that one I might seek out. <laughs> the others, vampire. the others sound a bit sketchy, but Amityville Vampires, I'm in. God, uh, it, yeah, it's it. You know, it's funny because, like you said, this is probably the most well-known haunting in America. 
to to the point where you can just say Amityville and it means that now to people. It just means haunting. So you can slap that title on anything that doesn't have anything to do with the actual case and people will know what they're getting. Um, does it change the facts of the actual case? Probably not at all. But it is the one paranormal case I hoped was true. And uh, I do go back to the fact that the story is just so good. I mean, you have this family yeah. being tormented. You have a father, the priest who comes, tells them, you know, they, they hear the voice that says, get out. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, the flies. Yeah. The red room. I mean, every, I mean, it's it's a great story. Oh, if it were only true. George Lutz gets possessed at one point. He sure does, man, with an axe. He's got an axe. I know. Careful with that axe, Eugene. It's it's weird. It's yeah, careful with that axe. It, Jesus it, Christ. It is. And um the original film uh contains one of the greatest cinematic moments of all time, which is James Brolin shaking and screaming, I'm coming apart <laughs> with his really bad perm and that fucking awesome uh goatee he's got going on. Um oh yeah. Uh I was disappointed when I saw the actual um uh Lutz patriarch and uh and he looked nothing like james brolin and uh looks like a dude he does he looks a lot like a dude and i noticed that people at the time when um uh the investigation such as it was you know when you know news agencies would send their sunday magazine people to go do the investigation of this paranormal thing they would draw parallels between um ronald defeo jr and uh and george lutz saying that like he'd, he'd even started to resemble ronald defeo and it's like no it was just the fucking middle 1970s and everyone had a bushy beard and their hair was fucking unkempt like right. of course any random human was gonna look like ronald defeo at that point fuck everybody looked like a hippie in the 70s man yeah man post 70s <laughs> suburban like nonsense <laughs> god that well and that's again i think that's you know when we talk about you know, talking about hauntings writ large, right? There, you know, we t- you know talking about something like Demon House. You have again, there's a lot of these tropes, right? In these real ones, you have the family that's in trouble, uh, a house that is in a state of disrepair or has a pre previous, uh, I guess, bad event happen there. It's one or the other. Very rarely is it both. And then you have the family, you know, either in the Lutz case that stops when they leave or in Latoya Ammon's case, you know, follows her. But in the Demon House one, people who go into the house get fucked with, too, which is very yeah. much like Amityville. You know, the, sure. the oil was coming off the blinds and whatever fucking absolute nonsense. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oil. Oil. Terrifying. Oil. Oil on pig, the blinds. Pig, pig monster upstairs in the attic versus uh oil uh running down the set of venetian blinds i do think though to your point about technology catching up with us or exceeding our expectations when you're doing something like demon house that's as far as you have to go to try to sell it you have to go right up to the line right yeah i mean well at at this point we need documentation right Uh, you know like no one is going to believe a family that just spins a yarn after the fact and doesn't have some sort of physical evidence. And we've made it uh, by we, I mean, not me, but society in general, we've made it so easy. (laughs) Father Malone has done it. (laughs) 
Yeah, I didn't create a camera phone, but everyone has one. Right. So if you don't have some form of uh, uh, either uh, audio, video, or photographic evidence, uh, people aren't going to buy it. And honestly, now it's become so easy to fake everything that we could be seeing genuine articles all the time and the debunkers are just there sharpening their knives waiting for that next photo that they can point out the fact that this shadow doesn't you know doesn't sort the size of the fucking sun in the sky i don't know you know what i mean uh oh i know exactly i'm not a science guy (laughs) (laughs) father malone is not the science guy no, I'm a man of the cloth. <laughs> it's true. Which is why it's so disappointing that that priest was a liar. He's come forward, right? He's recanted and said like, well, no, I never actually even went over there. I didn't, uh, I never met the uh, the Lutzes. But yeah, I believe he said something to that effect. But he's never, I don't think, satisfactorily explained why he spoke to an author and then film crews confirming everything uh, at the time. Was he being paid off? This is worthy of the investigation. Let's go after this guy. <laughs> right? This disappointing motherfucker who got all our hopes up. Well, and that's, again, that's the thing for me, um, similarly to yourself, you know, we've, we've talked about that, you know, a little bit before, you know, working somewhere where things were haunted. I want to believe. And that's what's honestly so hard about this is as someone who wants to believe in these things, I want to believe that Demon House is real. I like you said. I want to believe the Amityville haunting. I want to believe the Winchester, you know, mystery house and stuff like that. But it's hard because there are people trying to take advantage of people. Right. It's hard. It's hard both ways. It's hard that there, are, you know, that people are exploiting uh, everyone else's belief, and it's hard that there are people willing to smash that belief uh uh with the same amount of zealotry as uh, as the psychics and the you know the mediums of the world ghosts aren't Um, fucking real okay but like why are you so angry about it yeah i know it's like look we've all been disappointed by you know the constant debunking that's been going on and uh you know we've watched all of our hopes and dreams be uh dismantled but uh like calm the fuck down about it you don't have to be so fucking angry man you know like the, the you know just because a, a particular case gets debunked it doesn't mean that it isn't still possible ultimately no one has the goddamn answers uh you know lazarus lazarus had the answer and he's not talking so no yeah lazarus is lazarus is where he is you know, not not a whole lot of follow up about Lazarus in the Bible, is there? No, not a whole lot of. I think he would have had something to say, but apparently yeah. the dead hey. keep their secrets. Yeah. I on that somber note, folks. Yeah. yeah. I I uh-huh. uh, I wish I wish Amityville was one of those ones where we could be like, this is the case that we point to as like things happened here that can't be can't be you know can't really ever be described fully and it's like no this is just people taking advantage of a time a perfect time i mean it's the perfect time really like you said i mean the timing is immaculate yeah it's the it was the last chance for like something like this to happen i think like on a on 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 the scale it did there just wasn't enough uh uh investigatory machinery in place to deal with it like anything after this there were everyone became a ghostbuster in 1984 like we all became very popularly interested in the occult uh, i think at that point and um much to the 
the detriment of all things paranormal and supernatural uh, as far as myths floating around out there. Now everyone is looking to prove or disprove it. Thanks, and Aykroyd. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, yeah, look, he, but he's always been a kook, you know? But that's so, the sad thing is, is he helped, he helped dismantle something that his family helped build. He <laughs> did, but, you know, it, it might not be such a bad thing that the more obvious perpetrators are being outed, you know? Um, and I think there's still enough available as far as uh, potential supernatural events going on in the world that, you know, you can keep your faith if you want it. And if you want to scoff at it, you still can, but like there's, there's still a glimmer of, of it out there anyway. And if anyone really wants to have their mind blown as to how successful the movie was, it was like the most successful independent film for like 30 years. Amityville horror. Yeah. It, it it in no way was more successful than Halloween, which was like $200,000 budget versus. He's so good in that movie. The it was the highest grossing independent film of all time until 1990, where it was surpassed by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, I tend to think of these movies as more studio based, but I guess they're not, right? They just get picked up. Yeah, I guess. Well, this one specifically, yeah. Yeah, what was the budget on that movie? Four million. What did it take in? Eighty-six. What was the budget on Halloween? Uh, good question. Halloween Hold on kills. there, folks. Halloween kills. We're busy. A uh, couple million. Because, you know, you got to spend a couple million dollars to kill people in CGI. Uh, 300 to 300,000. 300 to 300. 300 to 325,000. And how much did it take in? 80 million. So, so okay. which is more successful? Amityville Horror. No, it's not because they <laughs> t- they took in the same amount, but the but Halloween costs much less. That's fair. I'm, I'm using science, sucker. <laughs> I'm using the facts. You're just regurgitating shit off the internet. I do like that the person who owns the house now hates the fact that the house has anything to do with the Amityville horror, and they change the house so that they, <laughs> so people can stop bothering them. I I do love no that one ever way. will. Yeah, and you know, you know, the thing is, like, no matter how uh, in depth the investigation becomes, no matter how much we suss out uh, the the actual facts in the case, there are still people going to go to that house to take pictures of it. It's like wrestling fans; it's like you tell people it's fake, and they're like, "Yeah, maybe, cool, don't care." Like, <laughs> I'm going to continue to believe that there was a demonic presence in there. Yeah, well, at least with wrestling, my suspension of disbelief doesn't also lead me to believe in demons. So it doesn't disprove demons either. Though. <laughs> that's 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 also fair. So yeah, what's what's our final ruling on this one, Father Malone? This is uh, it's it was a fake. It was hokum. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think as you said, the perfect timing for a hokum on this scale. Um, yeah. And it convinced everyone forever. And that in and of itself is a, is a triumph. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the thing. Ultimately, weren't the Lutzes successful? 
They certainly were. I, I mean, would contend that they were, and I clearly agree. So they made they made more than they were going to make just living in that house with just being a, too, a mortgage they couldn't actually afford. Yeah, so just being a family with a couple kids, like yeah, whoop, whoop de doo. No, now they're the Lutz family of Amityville, and they made money for their their entire lives off of it. Yeah, and they yeah, I mean they uh, they were constantly being interviewed, and I'm sure they were paid for all of that during the 1980s and such. So. And then the movie was remade and that dredged up everything else. So, so bravo Lutz's. You got it. Got one over on everybody, I guess. Yeah. Got one over on everybody long enough, I guess is probably the do you way think it they, be Do you raised. think by the end they actually believed it happened? Like the, you know, you, t- you tell a lie long enough, it becomes truth in your head. Well, see that. Okay. So I wanted to end this episode with that question because I think that's the ultimate question here, right? Is did they believe it so hard that they that they they really believed it happened? Yeah, I would say if you yeah. ha- if if you are doing what they are doing, you have to put yourself in that mindset because otherwise right. you're never gonna be able to you're never gonna be able to lie efficiently. Otherwise, you have to believe what you're saying is true. I think it definitely in the case of George Lutz by oh, the end by the end of his life he had convinced himself that there were actual demonic forces wanting forcing him to attempt to kill his own family. And I believe, and I believe those thoughts were true at the time. I believe he probably did want to kill his family once faced with the, the ruinous uh, financial situation he had uh, allowed himself to fall into. Oh, so you think that's what it is? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think, uh, I think uh, it's as much an excuse to the money people so that they can sort of get out from under, um, as it is to himself that uh, that he experienced that like level of uh, of frustration with his uh, desperation his, uh, with his fellow members of his family. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna kill you all. It'll make everything better. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> how'd that work for good old Butch? He's he's set. Yeah, the Lutz family man. Good for them. Or not. He took a polygraph. He took a polygraph. <laughs> did he pass that? He sure did. Wow. Well, and it must be true. They Science? were not. Li- they were not lying, which is, I think, that answers your question. Yes, definitely. You know what, man? Maybe it was all true. Maybe we're the suckers. That would be, be the ultimate twist. It actually all happened. <laughs> yeah. Right. Gotcha. That's the ultimate gotcha moment. Totally. Now we think they're a bunch of fakes. Yeah. That's on us, man. They had their moment in the sun yeah, or the big, moonlight. Yeah. Big moment in the sun on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> so father Malone, we're going to be getting together again here in the future to talk about something else that you already name dropped on this episode. So I'm going to let the listener figure that out because you, it was like the only thing you name dropped other than the stuff we talked about. Yeah. So it's, it's another, the only other, it's the only other interesting topic in this world. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I would, I would say it is somewhat like uh, adjacent to this. Very, very. It was very popular at the exact same time. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 we have not talked about it on this show, and I'm looking forward to it because, again, it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of been debunked. So Kind of. About we'll see about that. Uh, is, mm, eh, mm, Depends on no. who you ask. I disagree with you. Well. I disagree with you and your science. (laughs) I'm a man of the cloth. You're a man of the book. You fuck. (laughs) Uh, So until then, Father Malone, where could people find you if they were looking? 
if you really had to, I would go over to fathermalone.com. Uh, I have that's a link link extravaganza in there to my YouTube channel and my uh, other podcasts I do with Chris. And uh, we do another one with Mike White. And uh, you can hear my podcast, which Chris mentioned at the uh, the top that I write and produce called Dark Destinations. It is a half hour radio drama bringing people to fictional towns where things don't go well. They really don't go well. No. <laughs> but hey, you know what they say? You got to have some people to kill off. Just maybe not everybody. Well, it depends on the story I'm telling. Really. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I mean, I'm perfectly at ease killing everyone off. That's fair. Yeah, just make them, yeah, just, you know, cannon fodder. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got to get hit by that cannonball. Or else, what's the point? Well, what's just the point a, of shooting a, it? Just a, just a lot of loudness. It's just a big iron ball flying through the sky otherwise. Yeah. Um, as for me, you can find me at cstashu.com, C-S-T-A-C-H-I-W.com. I'm spelling it out because it's not easy to spell. No, it really isn't. I've known you for years, and I still look it up every time I start to write it down. It's okay. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find my similar link tree, like Father Malone said, to the stuff that I work on with Father Malone, like our completed podcast, Chronicles from the Crypt, chronicling the crypt, the crypt being Tales from the Crypt. Yes. Go listen to that first season. <laughs> you mean the whole show? <laughs> go listen to seasons one. Oh, the one, first one season of the show. I see yeah, yeah. Go listen to seasons one and two of our coverage of Tales from the Crypt. You'll have a good time. <laughs> and then forget about the there rest. There are of highs it. and lows. <laughs> yeah. And then forget about the rest of it. We sure will. Yeah, don't listen good. to the rest. No, listen to the rest because I have a mellifluous uh, speaking voice. That's but right. if you're looking for quality entertainment, you know. We're more entertaining than the show. Yes. By the end, we certainly were. I think it was a lot of bitching at the end, though. Well, I, I gotta say, like, <laughs> I, I don't think I've gone back and listened to those episodes where it's just like, ugh, this is another terrible episode of Tales what of a, the Crypt. What a fucking what drag. drag it was. <laughs> I haven't listened either, and I... thought I, I loved this show. <laughs> yeah, that was... Yeah, by the end of it, that was where we were, was uh, just casual, just staring into the void. Of that Not show. our fault. Nope. Nope. No, it wasn't. So, But yeah, you can listen to all that stuff there. As for this show, Maggie the Odd and Dustin Rutledge provide the album artwork. You can find Maggie on Instagram. Just search Maggie the Odd. And Alex Malnack of Blondo provides the music. You can find him on Spotify. Just search Blondo. We'll be back soon. Father Malone and I will be talking about something that's, uh, yeah, maybe it's debunkable. Maybe it's not. We'll get to it. We'll see. It's not. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) And, And on that note, I'll let our good friend, the host of Sightings, Mr. Tim White, lead us out. No mystery is closed to an open mind. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.